Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Step Forward Pod. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. Max, basketball. I feel like this is the third different version of this I've given, but like it's officially back, man. It was, it was back. originally, it was back at like the draft, then it was back at training camp, then it was back at the scrimmage. Now it's back at the preseason and soon it'll be backer than ever at the regular season. I'm excited. But this but, is like actually back. This is like real. Yeah, it's like well, kind of. It's not it's a drill. Like, this is it's like well, I was gonna say this well, is like preseason back, but it literally is the preseason back. Uh, right, but it's also like the pre-preseason in a way. Because back because, is yeah. True back is is what in your mind? True back for the preseason. Uh, oh, you think? Th- oh, this is like because they were playing the long lions. Yeah, and also I feel like preseason basketball isn't really back until they do that thing that they do every year where they just don't broadcast the game and everyone gets really mad because they just don't broadcast the game. Oh, that'll be Friday. That's Friday. That'll be yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, one of the games this weekend. Yeah, so that's when it's really back. And people are like, why the fuck aren't you showing this? Why instead are you showing like a slap chop infomercial on NBC Sports Philly? Makes no sense. Uh, but anyway, Max, uh, game was last night. I was in attendance. You were not because you live very very far away uh before we get to the the one most notable thing from the game what was uh your experience with basketball being back as a whole man oh it was good it was it was really good uh i i feel like the game went about i will talk at length i'm sure about uh the only play that mattered ben simmons hitting Mm -hmm. a great but i i think overall i felt like there were a few things i was really excited about Mm-hmm. Matisse Thibault was awesome, as he was yeah. in the scrimmage. Um, Very just exciting. Looks really ready to, to be part of the rotation, which is awesome. Um, Extremely. Yeah, and I, th- I thought, like, Jay Rich looked good. Uh, Simmons, outside of the jumper, just looked, like, unstoppable. That said, mm-hmm. he was uh, playing against, like, CJ, whatever his name is, and a bunch of dudes who are career China- Chinese League players. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, he just looked like he's taken a step forward in like other aspects of his game, just his ability to attack and yeah. um, just how under control he looked the whole, the whole game. And then Embiid mm-hmm. was obviously Embiid. Yeah. Uh, it was Horford was great. It was good to see how Horford actually get in there. And, you know, uh, the, where I was positioned at the game is I was kind of down low corner ish. Um, and I was on the end where the Sixers were coming at the basket. I was near on the second half. Um, so I got to see a lot of like Shake Milton minutes pretty close to me. And for the first half, it was a lot of like, oh, Horford shot. Was that a long two or a three? I can't really tell because of the angle and stuff. Um, and seeing just kind of like a lot of guys kind of running around in circles a little bit because 
first half uh, last night, the whole preseason is likely going to be this way, which is mostly uh, a team getting used to each other, um, seeming like like really, really going out of their way to let plays develop, um, mm-hmm. and like passing up like wide open drives uh, in order to run the play that that was written just to kind of get used to it. I mean, they were still doing stuff in transition, but when they were in the half court, it was just like, all right, let's run this play, and I'm not going to pass the ball till you run it right. Um, which is not necessarily the most exciting brand of basketball, but the transition was, and you know, just being at the arena with the enormous, fucking ridiculous screen, and you know, revamped arena stuff, and it was very cool. Yeah, give me uh, your take on the on the revamped arena. So okay, I'll do that first. Okay, first of all, the 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 big jumbo screen is enormous. Uh, I was told by like the the one um, usher at my section that the size that it was for the game last night and the size that I guess it will be for Sixers games is about a quarter of the maximum width of it, which is just absolutely bonkers. Um, Because it's already huge. The angle I was at, it was good because I got to see with the curvature, I got to see replays and stuff on the big side, but also I could see this the side part as well. There's just flat out, there's more information on it. It's in 4K. Um, You used to have to remember... um, looking at the old scoreboard when it had, like, who was on the floor, it would just have who was on the floor by jersey number and then points, rebounds, assists, right? Now they have their names. Uh, Now they have, like, team free throw percentage and team three-point percentage. Like, just having that up there is is great. Just It's easier to look at that and without having to look at it and going, all right, well... Tobias is number twelve now, and like, so what? What? What does? What was his points? And it just it literally just says Harris there, which is great. Um, the does arena. It, I didn't. Does do it f- update faster than it used to? I remember there were times, uh, a lot of times, where it would take like twenty seconds after a substitution for them to switch over. Um, or, or, there was or, a or, moment where the numbers would switch, but it would show that like someone who just entered the game had seven points because they replaced someone who had seven points. There was a moment. Um, when they the other the long alliance had subbed a guy in who was just fucking enormous, so I was looking to see what his name was, and he got subbed in uh, in between the first and second free throw, and it didn't change over until after the second free throw. But you know, this is I don't know, you know, that could be the new screen taking a second, or it could just be like they were waiting until the second free throw because when the actual play starts, or they were like, who is this guy who's number fifty on this team? You know, so I don't know, uh, but that I did notice that taking a second. Um, the concourse downstairs is if you were there's like exposed wires in the ceiling still, which I assume are going to be cleared up. Uh, if you were upstairs at all last year, or even like a little bit the year before that, the downstairs now looks like that, a little wider, a little sleeker. There's grays and there's marble. Uh, there's more lighting in that. Like, um, for example, you walk up to like a place to get a sandwich and a beer or whatever. Some of the places almost have like a light ribbon sign above it. Um, which is interesting and kind of like, you know, cool. Uh, the box office is completely moved to the north side, the side that faces uh, Center City, um, that kind of like little walkway area. And where the box office used to be kind of in the back corner is like a Chickies and Pete's area now, um, which I noticed only noticed that when I was leaving. Uh, I don't like the seats. Can I say that? They're not comfortable? No. They They're feel less cheap. comfortable than the, than the red ones? They're comfortable is just fine, but they feel chintzy. They feel cheap, and they have the armrests go up and down, which is good for like comfortability or whatever. But there's like, so there wasn't necessarily a shared armrest. So like I'm sitting in the chair, 
And the armrest on my right has a cup holder. Uh, and the armrest on my left doesn't. And then next to my right arm cup holder armrest will be a smaller one for the seat next to it. So you're not sharing armrest technically. But the but smaller you're one... a cup holder, potentially. Not really, because you just use it on the other side. It's like, that's your cup holder, like, et cetera. But... So when I was sitting there, my friend was on my left, and I was, like, going to, like, kind of half turn to talk to him. My elbow kept hitting the little mini, the non-cup holder armrest, and it kept, like, popping up, and I kept feeling like I was breaking it. It was weird. That I didn't like. But other than that, it's fine. Overall, it sounds like positive, positive changes. Yeah, positive changes. I did notice, and again, this could just be for preseason, uh, the, the T-shirt cannon, the big, the big Gatlin gun thing, was nowhere to be seen didn't love that uh, i feel like that no they, they, they don't they don't give you the whole show for pre-season. no no it's not the whole experience they didn't even do the full intros it was just like uh lights on um like they played some highlights like the, from train from training camp right no but like even like like the sixers intro even for the home team yeah was like what the away team intro is in 2k it's just like the announcer just says their name, all the lights are on, and they kind of just like high five their teammates. That's like that was literally it. They didn't do the full presentation, so they didn't have the 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 fire cannons. None of that shit was out. Um, and then additionally, as I mentioned it, and I was leaving the game, that it seemed like I thought it would had re-recorded it or edited it in some way, but I guess it's just an alternate version of Here Come the Sixers, where yeah. uh, it's it's shorter, which is less mm-hmm. fun because that that funky breakdown that. Here they come! That like bass, like like organ bass solo thing. Can you hit me with more of that? Absolutely not. Uh, but that was gone. So like when it came to that part, it just song just started over. And I when when that, when that happened, I noticed I'm like, oh, they like they clipped it for some reason. Uh, and then they went back through, and then in the uh, the line where they say team of the year, the lyric said, "This is the year." Um, so it must be an alternate version, like a shorter yeah. edit or something like that from back then. But I wasn't a fan of it because it gave me that full funky breakdown. You know? Do they do they also, still do that? Do they still so without the funky breakdown? Do they still do that? Here come the Sixers, and then no. it like comes back into the thing. No, there's oh, nothing like the back best in. It's part it, of the fucking song. It yeah, That's bullshit. And the thing is, too, I get it. Like I don't know, whatever. If if you like that version for whatever reason, but like the song is weirdly long. I think it's like four minutes and something, but it feels like it's 35 minutes long, the song. Um, which is good because when you win a game and you're going to leave the arena, you're not going to be out of the arena in two and a half minutes. So to cut it in half and then have it start over, I didn't like that very much. And it just sounded weird. I don't know. I don't like it. Need that breakdown, you know? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that at all. Yeah. Uh, how was the broadcast? I know that Allah and yeah, Serena was- did the broadcast. Mark Zumoff was on vacation, I guess. I, I don't know. He wasn't there. Good for Zoom. Um, yeah, they 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 made it clear that he was just not there for that game. I was yeah. I was nervous for a moment, uh, but yeah, it was Serena. They actually did a really good job, I thought. Um, but obviously, Mark is the goat, so that was sad to not have him there for the first uh, first time these guys played together. But it was it was yeah, good. I think it was overall it was a good broadcast. I think they did that last year too. I think Mark wasn't there for one of the games, and then also if you remember too, I think it was last year or two years ago when they had their famous. Uh, not going to broadcast this game preseason game and people got mad about it they had mark and i don't even know if it was all i think it was mark and d in an nbc sports studio with headsets on like not even at the game so there was no like game background noise so 
that that's, I guess that's a possibility for this week as well. When they're not when they say they're not broadcasting the game, maybe they will. Well, um, you can you can usually find it somewhere, and it's just like a uh, you're basically hearing like Matt Cord's voice uh, yeah. and seeing whatever the camera is in the arena. The, the, the arena feed. I found, yeah. I found some of those before. Yeah. Uh, in weird parts of the internet, so hopefully there's mm-hmm. that. But. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to watch something of some kind. Uh, so, uh, uh, Ben Simmons made a three-pointer, Max. And everyone lost their shit in both positive and negative ways. Because sports aren't allowed to be fun anymore, everyone has to be right about something. So you go ahead, what's, what's, your, what's your feeling on the whole thing before I get mad again and start saying some shit? Um... I've said this before, but there was a point last year where Ben Simmons took a few three-pointers. I think he took, like, three or four of them over the course of, like, three or four games uh, in, like, early early January or February or something last year. And then he really, like, a couple of them rimmed out. One was just, like, way off. And then he just stopped doing it entirely. And I really mm-hmm. believe that he, if he had hit one of those first two or three shots, he would have kept taking them. So, like, yeah. I'm just happy he made the shot. I love mm-hmm. that that the entire team just was like, you got to do like this all backed off. Basically, like didn't quite turn their backs to him as the as the clock mm-hmm. ran down, but just like all got out of the way and were just like motioning like this is you. So I'm happy he hit it. Um, I mean, I I don't think he's gonna be doing it a lot, but like it at least shows that he's capable of of taking the shot and like was confident enough to pull up from like 25 feet. Um, 27. It was listed 20, at 27. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. That seems um, like a little. It seems like they're being generous with that. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, also he. I think he did a bit of the JJ thing. I haven't watched the footage back, but like, where when JJ jumps to release the ball, he by the time he actually releases it from his hand, he's probably a foot ahead of where he was when he left he the like ground. Lands in the paint, basically. Yeah. Yeah. JJ kind of does. It's like, it's does, like NBA, yeah. NBA Jam, where you just like right. run, do a floater from from three. Exactly. So uh, I think he made a little of that. So he might have like gathered at 27, but I don't think he, he released that ball from 27. 27 is a long fucking shot. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's that's your that's your input on it. What was yeah, the, I, just, I just I just like that. he. What was he your seems, thought process as it was about to happen? Uh, I so I got the sense that it was going to happen. Like really, as they were bringing the ball up, I was I mm-hmm. was looking at the clocks. All the shot clock was unplugged. And I'm like, this has to be the moment. And there were times last year where. Uh, ben Simmons had opportunities to do that and would pass off with like four seconds left on the clock. So mm-hmm. I was happy he did that. I was also happy he didn't just try to drive and like float something from ten feet. Uh, yeah, he would do. He would do the thing of like um, when you're playing in two K again. To use the example, and you really want ten assists, but you only have nine. Yeah. So you just you hold the ball until there's a second left of the shot yes. clock and just pass it to a guy. <laughs> like you want to shoot it, man. Yeah, you do that a lot. Um, but yeah, okay, so in the arena, first of all, uh, there were people, and I've seen a, people, a few people say this, that like people were yelling at Ben to shoot every time he touched the ball. That's not true. Because I don't think he, like he maybe once in the entire game actually like touched the ball while not like running full speed outside of three-point yes. line before that. There so weren't that's any other opportunities wa- for it No, to that wasn't happening, okay? Secondly... He did kind of like macho man it, where like he pulled it up and he like thought about it, and then he did a, he turned around, almost like soak it in, like like put his like, almost Hulk Hogan like hand to the ear thing, um, and then he took it and made it right. So, as soon as that happened, everyone in the arena celebrated. We had a great time. Sports are about fun. 
But then people decided that, no, it shouldn't be fun. It's not about having fun and enjoying yourself. It's about being right. And it's about having the opinion that is right the most. And it's about getting the attention for that opinion. And it's fucking stupid. And I'm, it's, it makes it exhausting to even care about sports at all. Because you have people who have spent like three years being like, why won't he? What, what, it, what a fucking idiot. Why won't he shoot threes? And then people saying like, oh, well, it's obvious why he doesn't shoot because he can't make them because he shoots the wrong hand because he's stupid. Or uh, I guess he shoots them in practice, but he's too afraid to shoot them in games. Oh, he should just shoot them in games, blah, 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 all this. And then he doesn't shoot them at a fucking scrimmage. People are like, why wouldn't he shoot at the scrimmage? This is his one shot. If he's too afraid to do it there, he's never going to do it. And then he fucking does it. And everyone's response is either to laugh at him for not doing it before that, to make fun of the reaction to it, or to say, ah, oh, well, you see, now that he made it, Everyone who said that he didn't have to make it is wrong. And now because they liked that he made a shot, they were lying to themselves the whole time, which is like some pseudo like, aha, we live in a society fucking bullshit. And it's all about being right and being correct instead of just like enjoying sports. And it's fucking exhausting. It honestly is. And that's the only point I have to say about it right now before it happens again with some other point. But... The fact that that happens and people celebrating it is what was like the mockery is fucking stupid. And like it's all all the bleacher reports and the ringers and all that shit who just like they have they're basically Twitter content farms who are paying dudes like nine dollars a tweet or whatever it is probably. And it's fucking stupid. You know, it's the people. And also, it's not even for people who actually like sports. It's for people who like content. Like there was a friend who pointed it out to me and I was tweeting with somebody earlier this week where. There was a clip from a preseason game of Buddy Heald pulling up and shooting a three in transition and making it. And I think Bleacher Report had like tweeted it and was like, oh man, if, if Buddy can do this in the regular season comfortably, it's over. It's like, he did it all year last year. I looked it up. He averaged like four threes in transition pull-ups last year and made like 38% of them. It's not for people who like these things. It's for people who want to be right about these things. And it's, like I said, it's extremely exhausting. And it just, it's just fucking stupid. Just enjoy yourself. Don't worry about being right or having the clout or the attention. It's fucking stupid. It's really a, uh, a big about face, I feel like. I, I feel like there's a consistency that we're having in this. But it also is funny just thinking about, like, uh, the previous four to five years of yeah. getting a lot of satisfaction out of being right about, about well, various things the Sixers were doing and other people were criticizing. But this, this is different. Right, but I mean, the goal, uh, for, at least for me personally, I'm only speaking for myself. The goal about that was like, first of all, being purposely contrarian because the team was very, very, very bad. And you needed something to enjoy yourself with. Yeah. Like you needed to tell yourself and like your, your brother and your friends, like, you know what? I think that Jakar Sampson might actually be good. You never meant it. You just needed to like numb the mindlessness of the games. And then, as I've said before, as many, many times, I, I'm wrong constantly. Uh... Famously wrong about Nick Stauskas in eight different ways. But it's fine because people are constantly wrong as it is. And when I'm wrong, it means the team probably did something good. And I like the team. I like sports. I like fun. It's not about the clout or the attention of being right. It's, it's, and to, to watch it that way, it's just, you know, to each their own, whatever. If that's what you want to do, that's how you want to enjoy it, fine. But, like, I just don't fucking get it. Well, I really this, don't. There, there's this, like, underpinning. It's basically, you, you called it the we live in a society meme. But it's like the you sophomoric and dumb and then like enjoys yeah. ben simmons shooting a three me smart and thoughtful and analytical right. 
actually mm-hmm. that's a bad shot it's like it, right. like shut the fuck up like yeah. like why do you watch why like why do these people watch sports just to like basically not to, to like sap all the fun and enjoyment out of it and turn it into some like academic pursuit right for that sake and like look i'm fully aware i'm saying this on a fucking sports podcast fully aware of this but i've actually had this conversation um with somebody else I've had probably had a couple of people. So I can't remember exactly who this version of the conversation was with, but I used to, uh, partly because it was part of my job, and then partly because I just liked doing it. I used to basically live tweet Sixers games. Like I'd be on Twitter during the game, reacting to things, saying this, saying that, blah blah blah. And then in the last couple of seasons, I'd say probably season and a half, so full of last season and half of the season before that, probably. Um, Unless I like really, really had to be doing that, I wasn't doing it, and my enjoyment of the game has grown immensely. Yes, because I don't need to argue about shit mid-game, and it comes down to like, for example, too, all this shit uh, after game one of the Nets series, right? That was a macrocosm of the microcosm of this, right? Where no one is patient, no one waits to see how it works. It's all this play was bad, therefore everything is bad. This game was bad, therefore they are bad. It's not how it works. And people just want to get worked up because they want to be the person who's right about this thing. Well, and they and, want to create content, like right. And Which I felt I felt the same baffling. way. It's like when I used to tweet games. It's like you're just in this content mindset and not enjoying the sport for what it is. Right. Yeah. It's just I don't know, man. It's it's it really kind of blows my mind um, that this is like some people's version of enjoying something, like the the goalpost moving because people refuse to be even. 1% wrong about anything instead of just being like, oh, my bad, that was cool that that happened. Like, yeah, the goalpost moving, you know, went from won't shoot to won't shoot in practice to uh, won't shoot in a game to well, it doesn't count because it's a preseason game to, oh, oh, so he shot, he took a shot that happened to go in. Yeah, it happened to go in because he made it go in with his fucking hands, you dipshit. Like, come on. And it's going to be like this in, for, for eternity. From now into the abyss, it is going to be like this. And I just need to, like, remove myself from that, that scenario, which is to say, like, just don't go on Twitter, which it would be better in all realms if I did that of my life. But, like, it's fucking exhausting. Like, a lot of people who spend a lot of mental and emotional energy on this team and this sport don't even fucking like it. So just don't do it, then. You know? Everyone needs to do content. Just, like do life instead man honestly that's my throw pillow don't do content do life instead all right we're gonna pause the podcast you're just too caught up in the moment jim we're gonna pause the podcast while i make that a t-shirt real quick all right well let's pause the podcast for a second to take a break and then let's come back and talk about batiste libel and some other things all right we are back um max uh you mentioned him coming into the break uh and you probably saw and maybe we're more impressed by Matisse Thibel uh, watching on TV because, as I said, kind of my angle was weird. Uh, a lot of the stuff he was doing defensively was on my end, but then, you know, they flipped over and stuff like that. So seeing the whole floor at once, watching, kind of probably keeping an eye on him during the game, other than just like, wow, great energy, great instincts, uh, all things considered, preseason, et cetera, et cetera, I think Matisse Thibel looks fucking great. 
Dude, he looks awesome. Like, I feel he like looks he, so good. I, watching him, I, I feel like I didn't see him make a single defensive mistake all night. Like he, yeah, he obviously made a bunch of plays. Like he, what did he end up with? Uh, was it two? No, three steals and two blocks in. I think so. Yeah, fifteen minutes mm-hmm. uh, on the floor. But like beyond that, he just we have stayed, like nine points. He, I think he was just glued to to his man yeah. the entire time. He never got out of position. He never like made a bad rotation. It seemed like. Yeah. Uh, he just like he looks like you can just plug him in right away, play him twenty twenty five minutes this right. rookie year, and like he'll be a big part. He'll probably be after Mike Mike Scott could be like the the next most important reserve yeah. on the team. Now I think there were a couple of things that I think in certain contexts may not have worked, but again you can't remove an instinctual decision he made from the context because if it was context different, he would have made a different decision. But like there was the one play where he got screened the, the ball handler went around the screen and put up for a jump shot he went over the screen came up from behind the ball handler and blocked the jump shot right yeah great play incredible play incredible instincts might get called for a foul depending on who the player that is in the nba nba players might suss that out and then if they both swarm the jump shot then the driver will be open there but context is different so if they learn maybe he learns as well so you can see where he makes those risks like he and I think that's great. First of all, that's what allowed him to have the number of steals and blocks he had in college. That's what allows you to make those risks when your team is built on a defensive identity. Where if he gambles and misses, or if he uh, goes to block a jump shot and the guy pump fakes him out of his shoes, you still have the other four guys on the floor, hopefully, that have the, the defensive length, smarts, and instincts to not have that really, really burn you because he made a gamble. Like, it's almost like he can be the guy who is, like, he's the guy who takes the gambles. You're, he's allowed to, to reach in for steals. He's allowed to, to try to cut off passing lanes because he has the skills and the agility to do that. And if he misses, everyone else backs it up. You know? But I feel like he could be, he's like the Lido Shepard and the Sheldon Brown, though. Wow. Like he, take, he gambles, wow. but he doesn't. <laughs> wow. Am I, am I wrong? I just didn't expect to hear Sheldon Brown's name today. <laughs> Well, I was going to say Asante Samuel, but then I'm like, who would the other one be? Because <laughs> I feel like what you're talking about is more Asante Samuel than Leto Shepard. But, like, I think he, he takes risks, but he also doesn't, he doesn't like, make mistakes. Like, he doesn't get no. beat. Um, and he yeah. doesn't get out of position, it feels like. And that was in college, too. Like, um, he obviously put up ridiculous block and steal numbers, but he also just, like, was, it was, imp- he was Covington-esque in the sense that he just, like, made the right decisions all the time. Yeah. No, um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm really excited about him. I was super excited when they drafted him. Um, and he's a little bit older, so I feel like he's, what, 22, 23? I feel like he'd come in he's right 22. away. And 22, yeah. I feel like he'd come in right away and, and contribute, which is awesome. Zaire Smith looked a little uh, unpolished, which I guess isn't, a little shaky. isn't super surprising, a little shaky. Uh, speaking of shake, also looked a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, shake Milton. But yeah, I feel they like Matisse Seibel's really, uh, really played his way. I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the preseason. But the fact that he was getting those first quarter minutes, too. Like, Zaire Smith didn't even yeah. play until the second half. Uh, same with Howell Neto. Like, I, I think it's pretty clear that Brett Brown sees Matisse Seibel as a, a part of the rotation going into this season. Yeah, and it seems it seems at this point, I mean, I'm sure there's still competition to go on. But it seems that Trey Burke is certainly the favorite over uh, Howell Neto because Trey Burke got first half minutes and Neto didn't. Yeah. Um, before we, go, I know we have a hard out coming up for you. So before we we head to some quick questions, I have one quick comment. 
about uh, the great height lie of 2019. This is what happens, kids, when you follow rules. When you follow rules, people embarrass you in public. That's what happens. When the Sixers go and measure all their guys to the nearest quarter of an inch, and they're like, ah, you see? Uh, Joel Embiid is 6'11.75", actually, uh, with shoes off, which was great. We got a whole episode of content out of it. I really wanted that information. And then you look around the league, and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Rashawn Holmes is 7 foot. Uh, 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 this guy uh, he says he's 6'8". He was measured uh, without shoes at the combine this year at 6'5 and a half. Yeah, he's 6'8". It's like no one's certifying this. Yeah. Uh, everyone looks foolish now uh, because we all know they're lying, but the Sixers are the ones who look like they all got shorter um, because of that. I will also say um, I wasn't paying super close attention, but I do think uh, because of these this information too, Matt Cord edited his intros. He did not intro Joel Embiid as a seven foot two center. He was seven foot. Uh, he introed uh, Al Horford, I think, at six eight. Huh. So, yeah, th- or no, sorry, he was uh, he was six nine. Uh, I think Tobias was entered at six eight. So, so, some slight modifications, but yeah. Um, all right, you have anything to say about the height lie before we go anywhere else? Well. I guess not. Uh, I had the same thought, too, that it did seem like none of the other teams took it seriously. And there were some ones that I was excited to see, and then just, like, we didn't really get an answer on, clearly. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a bummer. Um, it's also kind of unclear what the, like, listing situation is going to be, because the, like, the official heights on the Sixers' website haven't changed yet, last time I checked. Yeah. Um, the NBA hasn't updated their stuff, like... I'm not quite sure if that like yearly measuring thing is going to be like. I guess you said that they they said Al Horford six eight. That's surprising. Or six but, nine, yeah. Or six nine. Like we'll we'll see if that that sticks. But that is a little. It weird. just seems like the Sixers were the only team who took it seriously. Well, it's like it's like they everyone said they were going to jump in the pool on three, and then the Sixers just jumped, and everyone stayed on the dock. Like. No, it's, it's the other way around. Of, it's like everyone jumped in on three, and everyone jumped in on one, and the Sixers are standing there like you didn't say three. That's well, I'm I'm, I'm seeing jumping in the pool with your clothes on or whatever at the party as like the Sixers got clowned. They showed oh, up. Oh yeah, they the, did get clowned. Yeah, yeah, they got full clowned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's head in some questions before you gotta you gotta cut out, uh, Max. Um, yeah. This is from Booby Styles. Do you think Matisse seeming to have the advantage on Zaire in the rotation says more about Matisse or Zaire, and what do you expect from Zaire this season? I think it says more about Matisse. Um, Matisse was drafted as a relatively well-rounded defensive player. Uh, Zaire was drafted as a project and then almost died. Uh, so I don't really expect a ton out of Zaire. Um, I think his athleticism seems like it's still there. He almost hit his head on the rim going for like a rebound yesterday. Uh, but he needs to get up to game speed. He didn't. I mean, he played a little bit last year and we saw a little bit of flashes, but I think he's just not as well-rounded or full, fully realized as a player as Matisse is, and we shouldn't expect him to be. Yeah, I, I think it says more about Thibel, although I will say Zaire Smith uh, has looked a little shakier both in the scrimmage and in, um, in in this first preseason game than I expected. I was expecting to see a little mm-hmm. bit more. I was a little disappointed uh, in that. But that said, I think, I think, honestly, I wasn't expecting either to necessarily be a big part of the rotation. Like, I kind of expected, like, James Ennis to be in the beginning of the season be that mm-hmm. a little bit more so. Um, and he did play in the first first half but 
it seems like Thibault's got the edge over him, which I wasn't expecting. Zaire Smith, I kind right. of expected to be a spot guy unless he mm-hmm. came out looking really good in the preseason. But I was a little disappointed with, with him, too. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew asked, what color should I get my Thibault jersey? I'm a big fan of the, the classic blue. Mm-hmm. I think the blue looks really nice. Um, I don't like the red. The red's better. It's better than it was last year, but it's still... It is so much better than it was last year. It really is. In person, too, I'm like, wow, that's just so much fucking better. I, um, I do I do like the uh, the 76ers full script alternate, but I think that's... Mm-hmm. I feel like if you go with that, it needs to be like Al Horford or Embiid. Or, yeah, I feel like it needs to be a big man for some yeah. reason. Also, I uh, went to this uh, team store at halftime yesterday. Those things look great in person. That's nice. Those, I'm happy yeah, to Yeah, they look that. really great in person. Um, my, uh, my Alibaba one looks really good in person, too. Uh, I will know how mine looks when it comes in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, Viraj Singh asked, uh, did you have draft tweets saved for if he missed it aggressively? Absolutely not, because he's missed three, no. threes before. No, not at all. Uh, ex- explain no, take no else, you know? Uh I think that's all I got. I wanted to kind of rush through these because uh, actually, no, I have one more because I know you have a heart out and I wanted to get it done. Um, this is from Kevin Gillespie. Are the Sixers more likely to lead the league in turnovers, as in have the most, most offensively, or enforce turnovers? They will always, I think, uh, much like this is my one thing I know about hockey. Much like the Flyers have a hard time finding a reliable goalkeeper, right? Am I right, guys? Am I right? Uh, I feel like for the entirety of my lifetime, the Sixers, no matter how good they get, will always be in like the bottom ten in turnovers in the league. And I think I've just accepted that as a truth of life, and I'm moving forward with that. Um, I think I think their turnovers are going to be down this year. I think between Simmons and Embiid, like having more experience, Horford doesn't really turn the ball over. Uh, I think probably Richardson turns it over less than Jimmy Butler just because he has the ball in his hands less. the ball in his hands less often. I think the turnovers will be down, and their defense is so good. And with the addition of Thibel, with like um, with Jay Rich being another guy who can get blocks and steals and you know force turnovers, I I do think it's going to go the other way. Finally, mm-hmm. uh, for here's a question: Do you think they will uh, force more turnovers per game than they have themselves? For example, last yes. year they had an average of 14.9 turnovers per game, and they forced 12.7. Yeah, I think I think it'll go the other way. Okay, it's my, I think my it opinion. won't, but I think it might be closer, but I think it won't. Um, I have one question, speaking of hockey. Uh, mm. Unsupervised Child asked, uh, who does Max think will win the Stanley Cup this year? Um, are the Atlanta Thrashers still a team? Doesn't, no, I think they're now, and wait. I'm not looking this up, I swear to God. I think they're now the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, that sounds fake. Which was, there was a former Winnipeg Jets, but I don't know if it's the same Winnipeg Jets. It's like a Charlotte Hornets situation. Um, But I think that's how it works. Yeah. I'm going Min- to say the Minnesota Stars is where that's, I, I don't think no, Is that a team? That's not a team. How about the Hartford the Warriors? Max, now you're doing a bit, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, yeah, they are the Winnipeg Jets. Fuck you. I know hockey. <laughs> oh, no shit. Uh, I'm going to say that the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think are, are very bad, I think they'll win the cup. 
Maybe they're really good. I don't know. I'll go with the Flyers. Why not? I'm not are they good oh this year? Are they are they bad? I think the Flyers are always the Flyers. That sounds like, you know. So they're like the They're always the, the Flyers. The, the Pistons of the NHL, basically. Maybe. At times, yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. People are going to get people going to get mad at this, but I don't care. The the, the Charlotte Hornets of the NHL. Yeah. My picks on the my I'm with the Lightning. That's where I'm going. All right. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back um, after probably a couple more preseason games, depending on how much of it we actually see broadcast. Um, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening. See ya.